0: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. And welcome back to another episode of Locked on Chiefs. We are back for another week. Uh, not a ton going on this week. At least we think so right now anyway. Uh, and Minicamp will be coming up soon, but that's about it uh, going on for the Chiefs. So we have a couple of things that we do want to bring up uh, from the past. Uh, we do appreciate all the iTunes rankings that we've been getting uh, and all the listens we've been getting. You guys are fantastic. Thank you very much. Uh we are brought to you again today by hotels.com and uh, I do want to take this time to get you to uh take a chance to tell you to go listen to us on the new Himalaya podcast app they are fantastic. Ryan, how's it going?
1: You know, it's going. It's been uh it's been an interesting few days. We're going to talk about Tyreek Hill coming up here after the first break, folks. So bear with us for that. Uh it is time. We have held off for most of this to try to get a better idea of what the situation is. And we'll talk about that here in depth. Finally today, um, we're going to have some guests later in the week. So stay tuned for that. But, um, you know, I have to say that I I,
0: I chuckle a lot. Well, wait a second. Could I say I just want to I want to throw my little two cents in here on the beginning and I'll leave it to you to, to take it there because I know where you're going. Um, it's funny. It's June, which means what it means Keenan Allen is talking trash. That's what it means. (laughs) Well, yes, but it but it also means that the NFL is picking the Chargers to win the AFC West, right? Right,
1: and and old old small mouth Keenan Allen's out front, of course. You know, I am. This is always the fun part for me because this is when I start to get interview requests and I start to tell people, "Hey, the Chargers aren't really that great, despite what all the talking heads and NFL.com and ESPN want to tell you. Look at the facts." look at the record, tell me the last time that they actually won the division, and then I'll start to work.
0: Well, and I, I want to say this because it's something that you and I kind of talked about a little bit off air, but uh, you know, the past, I, I can't remember how many years the Chargers have been picked to win the AFC West. Uh, I know the Chiefs have won it the last three, and then the Chargers have been picked in June to win it every single year. One thing I will say, though, is that it's in my mind, uh, there's a big difference this year than there have been in the past three, and that is that we both know, uh, and I think most people in the NFL know that the Chiefs now have the best QB in the AFC West, bar none. Uh, and I couldn't say that three years for the past three years. Yeah. And that's,
1: that is a fair thing. And that's, that's probably the biggest difference. And that's the reason that the Chargers have always been, not always, I'm sorry, but you know, for the most part, since the retirement of Peyton Manning, the Chargers have been the main competition in this division for the Chiefs as because of the quarterback play. Well, you can't lean on that anymore, Chargers fans. And for those Chiefs fans that are actually worried about it, yeah, they have the second best roster. I'll tell you that right now. They have the second best roster in this division and it's, it's not, uh, it's not a long shot behind the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs have a little bit of an edge, uh, specifically because they're rebuilding for a specific scheme on defense, but they're very, very good rosters, both of them, but this ongoing media onslaught of this is the Chargers year, they're going to do it, is conjecture. There's nothing to stand behind that.
0: Well, it's always been conjecture. And, you know, you let them do whatever they want to do. Uh, let them say that the Chargers are the team to beat. Uh, I am sitting here looking at Adam Rank's article from four, three or four days ago, and oh. <laughs> he's sitting there talking about three key dates, and the Chiefs aren't even mentioned once. And he's talking about three key dates for the Chargers and not mentioning the Chiefs once. Uh, the teams he has them going up against for their three key dates uh are, let's see, I think it was the Colts. I just, yeah, the Colts, the Steelers, and the Bears. That's interesting. So you're telling me that the Chiefs don't even rank in their top three.
1: Well, and you know, and I saw one of the shows on the network, on NFL uh, Network as well. And I think they these two things probably coincided, like the state of the franchise as they go around the league, kind of looking at each team, right? And they said something really similar, like, "Hey, the goal for this Chargers team should be the Super Bowl." But literally in that entire three and a half minute segment, they didn't meet, mention the Chiefs once. Like, you can't get to a Super Bowl unless you win this division and you beat these Chiefs. And I think, like, the NFL knows that. I don't think the network knows it. I think it's good for clicks. I think it's good for video watches and everything else. And that's why the media are doing this because they're trying to pull in and and get conversation going. Be you know, a little outlandish and try to get some some volume going. But the NFL was smart. The NFL put both of the Chiefs' Chargers matchups in the second half of the season. It's week 11 and to close the season because the NFL itself realizes that these two teams are going to be in a battle for this division, not necessarily with each other. By the time week 10 rolls around, they're going to be neck and neck, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, they certainly could be. Uh, I I just look at this and I laugh every single year because – I get that the Chargers have a good team, and they do, but they always underperform in the beginning of the season. If they ever get over that, then maybe the, they can be a contender. Uh, but at this point, I don't – I mean, they play the first game against the Colts. Um, good luck in that one. That's all I really got to say on that one. Yeah, my uh, money yeah, will absolutely. be on the Colts,
1: I'll tell you that. I'll, t- I'll take Frank and Andrew Luck and yep. Justin Houston.
0: Um, yeah. yeah, well, and you look at, you look at what <laughs> the Chargers have done and, and they've fortified a lot of their, you know, they have fortified a lot of their positions, but they, you know, they lost Tyrell Williams and some people will say that's not going to be a huge loss. I disagree. Um, uh, Mike Williams has not been great for them. He's been okay. Uh, but he hasn't certainly been the player that they would have hoped he, he could have been true. I mean, and it took the two of them took some big plays to beat the chiefs to
1: close out the season last year. Well, and, and the guy that likes to talk the most is Keenan Allen. And when you look at his last two seasons against the Chiefs specifically, you're talking about 210 yards in four contests and one touchdown. That's what you have one touchdown. So enough
0: already. And the bigger, and the bigger thing for me on that isn't necessarily just that. It's also Mike Williams beat Kansas City and I'll give him that. Uh, he had a big game against the Chiefs, but he had a big game against the defense that couldn't stop anybody. So show it to me when it really matters again. Yeah. Because to me, it's not going to be the same defense that they're going to have to play this year. And they're going to have a lot more to deal with. And I still don't think their offensive line is that great, which is something that I think Brendan Daly and that chiefs defensive line is going to take advantage of.
1: Yeah. It's not going to be sitting around waiting for the offense to come to you as you try to two gap and take on blocks. This is going to be an attacking defensive front that is going to take the game to the chargers offensive line. This is going to change things. Now that said. There are some, uh, there is one thing that I think is changing for the Chargers that does have me a little bit worried because it's kind of a changing of the guard. Um, between Gates and Gronk, they're moving on to greener pastures. One guy that has never lived up to his, his billing, his ability really is, is Hunter Henry. And I think he, if he can stay healthy and it is a large question because he hasn't to this point, but if that's he a can, big if. Right. But, but if he does, they have a piece that traditionally over the last few years, tight ends have been a little bit difficult for this Chiefs defense. So well, it again puts the emphasis back on, do your changes take that out of the equation?
0: And that's what I would say is that I think the changes will take some of that out of the equation because I think that the defense is going to take some of that out of the equation. That is one area that uh, continuously was Sutton's Achilles heels. When he played a team with good tight ends, he couldn't stop them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would think that Spagnolo was going to come in and have an idea for that specifically. And obviously, different tight ends are, are going to give you different I- issues. But I do think, you know, and the and the bigger question is: is I think Hunter Henry could have played last year. I think it was smart that they didn't have him play. Uh, but is he still going to be the same player that he was two years ago? Because he wasn't fantastic two years ago. He was good, but he wasn't fantastic. Can he be that guy? And can he be better coming off that injury? You would, yeah, think and, and that's a question. You would think that he could, considering how long it's been since he's been injured. But that's a big question. Well, and I'll tell you the other thing. From
1: a draft perspective, the Chargers have, you know, uncharacteristically drafted well the last couple of years. Uh, and if you take a good look at their roster, there's several guys on there that you saw not only us, but a lot of Chiefs pundits forecasting this last draft cycle. Jerry Tillery ended up in San Diego. I'm sorry, in Los Angeles. I'm just going to keep doing that. And I really don't care. That's just the way it's going to be. Come on, uh, really Mr. Don't... Adderley is going to play safety next to Derwin James. Now, I have to say, as an independent football guy, that's a good lineup. That's a lineup I would like to have seen in Kansas City as well. So there are pieces that make them formidable, but you still got to put it all together. And as much as I like Anthony Lynn, I just don't buy it.
0: Well, and the other question is, is this a year that uh, Philip Rivers falls a little shorter than he has been? I mean, he's getting up there in age. It's it's going to happen at some point. Uh, with his unique throwing motion, it's possible that he lasts still a couple more years. I mean, we'll have to see on that. But it is also possible that he starts having a, a downturn. He is getting up there in age, and he's been hit a lot.
1: Yeah, that bolo tie is getting a little bit shorter every year, but he's, man, he's a virus. I don't think you're going to get rid of him until they, they literally have to carry him off of that field.
0: No, no, and that's certainly possible, and, and good for him if that's the way it goes with him. Uh, I just don't know that his arm is going to be able to keep up like it has. Uh, yeah. If he continues to get hit hit as much as he has, I don't think their offensive line is going to be that much better than it has been in the past. If he continues to get hit as much as he has, those injuries mount up, especially when you get older.
1: Yeah, that's true. So. Well, that's that's a look at what's what's making noise right now. Um, I'm sure we'll revisit this as the noise gets louder before training camp and we'll wait for their injuries to happen and we'll go from there. Um, Let's take our break. We'll come back. Uh, I want to make sure that we, we talk about what is now getting down to the nitty gritty for the Tyree kill decision.
0: Today's show is brought to you by Grip Six, where their goal is to literally make the best belt that's ever been made. Grip Six has a special offer for you at grip6.com slash lock. That's grip6.com slash lock. L-O-C-K-E. Okay. So
1: you've heard more people start to talk about it. I know Seth went through it on, uh, on Twitter. I don't choose to do that. I hate doing serious conversations, a hundred or 280 characters at a time. Um, so let's let's actually. Especially oh, I not spell it, it very well. Anyway, um, but <laughs> but there was a reason, you know, folks. We we don't, we haven't known things for a very long time. There's been a lot of things released that we just don't know. There's conjecture, exactly. but that's about all. we but know. at this point, going into mandatory minicamp, we're talking. Where are we right now? June 9th. We're talking a month and twenty days till training camp. It's getting down to the point where. Some of these new developments, and I don't even know if it's development. The fact that there's still, a, you know, a, a child protection safety case going on isn't really a, a development that we've known that. The fact that they're not investigating him criminally was something that the DA said months ago, but we all took it as the case was reopened, which evidently it
0: actually was not in terms of the DA. So there's been a lot of back and forth, and that's what we thought was they said too. Yeah. I thought that they said that they were reopening the case. So it's been interesting to find out that the case isn't reopened. And, you know, you've got a lot of people that are out there in the media. You know, Travis paler has got this covered and saying saying that he expects that Tyree Kill is not going to be at mandatory mini camp, which is not surprising, but that he will be at training camp.
1: Right. And same goes for Travis Kelsey, by the way, if you guys missed that injury update, even <laughs> though he, he looks pretty nimble and dancing around during OTAs and he is there. Um, they're still projecting he's not going to actually practice until camp. And that's perfectly or,
0: or dancing around at Garrett Dieter's wedding. True.
1: True. Uh, <laughs> but all that's fine. Travis Kelsey isn't a problem. Tyreek Hill's been out quite a while and for good reason. Yep. And there's still a lot of fans that want him gone from this team. And there's a lot of fans that now feel like, oh, he's perfectly cleared. Neither is the case. There's still a lot of innuendo. Clearly, this is a couple that has issues in their relationship. And there's no way that that doesn't spill over towards your child. Now, the fact that there was such a specific injury of a broken arm for Tyree Hill's son is really the big question. And it seems like at this point, they still can't pinpoint who actually did that. So let's not. Well,
0: but, it, but it also sounds like they're starting to consider investigating his uh, significant other for mental health issues. Right.
1: Right. And I thought it was, I thought they had married already, but I guess they're just engaged. So my apologies for that from right. earlier folks, but, um, and you, Seth can go into all the legalese, but Munchausen syndrome is a, a, a mental condition where you're attention seeking at the cost of others, mainly children in that particular scenario. And so given the history of this couple, there's all kinds of questions about whether even the original thing that happened in college was actually factually reported by her. So it sheds a lot of shadow on everything, but at the end of the day, if, if Tyree Hill as a player has not been charged with anything and the DA doesn't feel that there's evidence that he did anything, then yes, there are some things that, that have to be accounted for. I do expect him to be uh, punished in somewhat by the league for what he said on that recording and threatening his fiance at the time. Um, but I don't expect it to be the six games that we were talking about before.
0: And it may not be, but what I will say is that it's in nothing. Are we saying that what he did or what he said is okay? Uh, both of, and I guess we can't even say what he did because we don't know if he did anything at this point, mm-hmm. but obviously what he said was not okay. And that's, and I, I know you're behind that on as well. The bigger thing here is, is, and I think this is what Kansas City figured out with the Kareem Hunt thing. Um, and I almost hate saying it this way, but it, but it almost feels like it in a sense that it was a blessing in disguise. Because if you wouldn't have had Kareem Hunt, the Kareem Hunt situation, what would you have done with Tyree Kill? Would you have overreacted and would you have cut him immediately? Because if that's really the case, then by learning that cream hunts situation lasted six months and then everybody was able to get past it. It seems like where most people were able to get past it. That's a big deal.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think the the difference is that the cream hunt situation was, was evidenced, was seen on film. Uh, and the whole, he lied to the, the organization is a big thing. My guess is because of how this has gone down and because we've had so much time to absorb these details, um, the statements by lawyers, recordings, et cetera, and the team hasn't acted, it's because I'm guessing that the communication between Tyreek Hill himself, maybe through his agent, but with the team, has been drastically better than the Kareem Hunt situation. And that said, I can't say that Tyreek Hill didn't do anything, and neither can anyone else. The investigators have to prove or disprove that. But in the meantime, there are media outlets like Pro Football Talk that are still pursuing... Uh, and commenting on Tyree Hill as though he's guilty of something, and there just isn't any evidence of that. There's n- neither is there evidence of his fiance doing anything yet, at least that we've seen.
0: Well, and, and, and see, that's my biggest issue. And that's the reason that Ryan and I both talked about this early in, in on and said that we're not going to talk about it until we know enough. And I don't know that we still 100% know enough, but we're, we know about as much as we're going to know for a while. Uh, and that's why it's being brought up now. But, I'm sorry. I'm always of the opinion that we live in a country where you're innocent until proven guilty. And at this point, there is no proven guilt. And that is a big deal. And I'm sorry, but actually, I'm not sorry. I'm tired of the media that goes out there and says, you have to do this because he's being charged. He's being accused of this. If you're accused of something, that doesn't mean anything. Until you're proving guilty. Yeah. And,
1: and there are all kinds of uh, examples that players can give of of being shook down for money or whatever else. This clearly isn't that situation. Well, they happened. have a, a longstanding relationship right. that's broken, but
0: right. And look what happened sure. to Brian Banks though. I mean, you have situations like that and that ruined yeah. that guy's life. And, and, and the only and reason
1: I- that we bring it back around uh, again, we're, we're spinning our wheels here a little bit just because again, we we can't prove anything any, either way. If the investigators can't, then there's no way that we can. But the point is, after all of that, without a decision in either direction, now we're down to six weeks out of training camp and the, the organization has to start making a decision. And I think what that leads to is without something concrete and the NFL still waiting on the investigators supposedly to do something, which it doesn't sound like they're pursuing at this time. I don't know if they're going to get a decision from there either. The only thing that seems ongoing is the, the child protection case to determine whether he gets reunited with his parents parent one or both or somehow in between or not. And I know Seth put some of the the actual documentation from the state of Kansas and the regulations for reunifying children who have been taken into custody for fear of their parents, which is what happened to Tyreek. son. I, I think that's the only thing that's going on, on still. And if it does eventually in the next, I mean, you got to give him what a week to get ready at the very least. I, I hope he's still training. Like we know Chris Jones is um, obviously there's not evidence of it, but, um, the team is coming to a point where they have to make a decision soon.
0: Yeah, and I think they're going to be making a decision soon, and and I think that the decision is going to be made that he's going to be back on the active roster. I don't know that there's another decision that can be made. Um, honestly, there is no real winner in this scenario because you never are really going to know what's going on. Uh, and that is the sad part of this whole situation is there is no proof of of anything at this point from what we've, from what's come out. Um, there's a bunch of accusations, but there's no proof. And I'm always going to side on the thought that if there's no proof, then you can't really act on it. Uh, you know, if the player wants to admit to something or if there's some kind of proof, obviously in the hunt situation, there was proof. In Tyree Kill situation. <sighs> I don't know with what they say they're trying to investigate her for now. I don't know that she can be believed in anything she says. And that's the problem.
1: It kind of taints all of her previous accusations. And if that's but the and, case. And
0: she obviously was trying to set him up on the recording. So right. Uh, and I'm not saying that justifies what he said. It doesn't. No, it does not. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, but all <laughs> I'll, tainted now.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are states in this union where you can be charged for saying things of that, that. Content. Maybe not those words, but so it, it, it is a gray area. The fact that he's being recorded without his knowledge is a whole other thing and the, like all the ease of it. But here's the bottom line. We don't know if Tyreek Hill did anything to his son at all. We don't know right. if, if he stood there while she did something to him. It's, you know, there's been so many things back and forth at this point. The safety of the child has to be taken into account. And that's the only thing that matters right now. Absolutely. And without anything punitive or criminal. Against the player from a, a an organizational standpoint, there's really not much that they can go on other than what they have right now. So I, I have to agree with you. I, I feel like he is gonna go back to camp. Somewhere before then, they'll make the decision. And my my big question is this isn't over. No matter what happens. If Tyree Hill is is awarded custody, great. If they are awarded joint custody, that's presents its own issues. But they're also a pair of twins that are on the way. And so this is a much bigger situation for this family is going to have to be taken into consideration. And I can't say that the breadwinner being able to earn his pay is a bad thing in that situation for any of those three children.
0: Well, they have to have a lot of things figured out and it's going to be a while until that gets figured out. We do need to take another quick break and we'll wrap this up and come back. Today's show is brought to you by Untuck It. Dads come in all kinds of shapes and sizes, and so should their shirts. Untuck It is a solution that fits just right. No tucking or tailored required. Go to untuckit.com, promo code NBA to get 20% off. So at this point, the whole Tyree Kill situation really hasn't changed too much other than we don't think he's being investigated by the DA at this point. Uh, That could also just mean that they're waiting on Child Protective Services who knows how long that's going to take. Um, right now, we're just in a holding pattern, and and none of that has really changed from before.
1: No, and they're going to go through mandatory minicamp. Um, he's not going to be there, and they're going to do the best that they can. I will say that there's been a lot... But, but I will... Go ahead.
0: Go ahead. I, go ahead. You're going to talk about Tyreek Kill. I'm going to change the subject just a well, little
1: Well, actually, I was segueing, too. I, I, there has been a lot of talk about Mecole Hardman being pressed, being exposed to a lot of this offense. I assume in the back of their minds, in case they had to make a decision to part ways with Tyreek Hill. Now the current situation looks like you're going to have both of them at least for a partial season. And I think tying back into what uh, NFL.com had to say about the Chargers, that makes that even more far-fetched, that the Chargers don't have to worry about the Chiefs. If you have Meikle Harbin, Sammy Watkins, and Tyreek Hill on the field, they don't have a secondary to stop that.
0: And I still think Byron Pringle is going to take a big step forward. Uh, this season, and we'll see how that shakes out. I, where I was going to segue is I was going to say Hill not being on the field for mandatory minicamp really opens up things for, uh, you know, a guy in Pringle and another guy in Hardman. Mm-hmm. Uh, both those guys are going to get opportunities that they weren't going to get before. And you, you're you going to say that reps don't really matter in minicamp. Yeah, they do. If you're running with the first string offense, um, you're still getting chemistry with Patrick Mahomes, and that's the important thing, and, and that cannot be understated. I mean, yeah. I mean the, the younger you are, you, the more important they are. Right. And getting chemistry with a QB takes thousands of reps. It's not just a couple of hundred reps. It's not something you can do just training camp. The more reps you can get, the better it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so uh, putting that all together, what it brings us back to is that the Chiefs are in a competition with the Chargers. Sure. But in my estimation that they are still the front runner. They're still this division champ until they're not. And I don't see. Anything that tells me, especially if that trio of receivers is on the field, that the Chargers have anything more than they had before, despite having a couple players that I like, uh, they have any better chance to stop Patrick Mahomes in this offense.
0: And I'm sorry, the other thing that Kansas City has that's uh Los Angeles, I can't believe I actually got that right, um, that Los Angeles is going to be able to stop is Andy Reid is gonna have another wrinkle this year or another several wrinkles this year that he's never used before. You know, he looked at what Patrick Mahomes did last year and you know, he's going to build on it. And I guarantee you, he is going to be wanting to run up the score on the Chargers since they lost an the arrowhead last year to the Chargers. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I fully expect that Andy Reid is going to take it to that team. Uh, and yeah, they don't play to week 11, but Andy Reid is going to have something in his back pocket for those games. I completely
1: agree. I expect it to be good competition when the teams do play. Um, I'm not so sure that it, they're going to be tied atop the AFC West when they go into Week 11. So we'll deal with that when we deal with
0: that. You, you don't think the Chargers are going to be there?
1: I'm not so sure.
0: Well, that's interesting. I have to ask you to expand on that just a little bit.
1: I haven't looked at their schedule game by game, but knowing the fact that uh, this division – is playing the NFC, uh, what is it, North with the Packers and the Bears, mm-hmm. uh, two teams that I think can give the Chargers a run for their money, uh, in, in specifically different ways than the Chiefs do. Um, uh, like you said, they're starting with the Colts. Uh, I mean, their schedule is no easier than the Chiefs. I mean, it might be a little bit statistically, but a lot of common, in, uh, opponents here this season. So, um, I, I'm going to put my money more on the Chiefs than, than on the Chargers to, to be in the lead come week 11 when these teams meet for the first time.
0: Do you think that the Broncos or the Raiders, uh, give the Chargers a run for their money for second?
1: I don't know about that. I think they will be more competitive than they were yet, last year. I can see every team in this division winning six games. I think more so than years past where there's a competition, you know, for the top. I feel like this division is one of the stronger in football with the cellar dwellers actually making vast improvements this offseason. Uh, and I do believe for the rest of the league, uh, they're a little, gonna be a little bit more formidable than they have been in the past.
0: I just don't buy that Joe Flacco is that big of an improvement for Denver, but we will have to see how that shakes out.
1: True. Uh, but, but I like what Fangio does for them, and I feel yep. like that their defense will be better. I, I feel like they're gonna lean on their running game a little bit more. Uh, I think Lindsay is an explosive back who could take some pressure
0: off of, uh. Well, those wide receivers Flacco. will be tough too.
1: Well, yeah, and they went out and they did what they have to do for Joe Flacco. That they, they went and got Noah Fant, they got tight ends that he can throw to, and that's what Joe needs. So um, I do feel like the Broncos are improved as well.
0: Fair enough. Well, that is it for us today. We will be back tomorrow to talk more Chiefs football. Uh, and feel free to send us questions or comments to the Locked On Chiefs account or my Twitter account, Chris Clark NFL, or Ryan's Twitter account at Ryan Tracy NFL. Uh, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show
1: on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube, Chris's work on lockedonchiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at theathletic.com. Thanks for listening.